Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Thank you, worship team. Wonderful to be with you. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's uh, been a big week in the life of the church here. We've uh, finished, uh, not, not for me, but for all the volunteers who did pack camp, performing arts camp. Um, and I just want to say, Abby's not here this morning, but well done to Abby and all her team. Thank you. So yeah, give them a round of applause. Sky and I and the family came to Friday night's uh, performance and wow, what a performance on Friday night. Um, that they put on with the crescendo of the whole week of performing arts and just hearing some of the stories about how God was working through the week in the lives of the young people. Fantastic. So well done to everyone and thank you to everyone who helped um, in, in the cooking and bringing of food and things like that. Such a great ministry. It was so, so good. Okay, how's everyone doing? We're good this morning. I'm good, thank you, Toby. I'm good. And excited to be in this series on the spiritual gifts, We're looking at the Holy Spirit here at Kalamunda. We uh, really value the presence of the Holy Spirit, the precious Holy Spirit. And he's here this morning. And I believe he's going to lead me this morning as I just uh, share some, some things from the Word of God and relying on him this morning. We're a church that needs to rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need to see the fruit of the Spirit in our life, and we need to see the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit released. And uh, last week, I could not believe it. Talk about moving in signs and wonders. I got through six gifts last week. Like, that's a miracle in itself. How do, how do you do that in the 36 minutes or whatever it was? And we looked, at, we looked at the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. We looked at discernment. We looked at um, prophecy. We looked at speaking in different kinds of tongues. And we looked at interpretation of speaking in tongues. I can't believe I got through that. The, the podcast isn't up yet, but um, it's going to be up soon. So if you want to go back and listen to that, there was a, a lot in that, I felt. And so today, I'm not going to go through six, but we're going to have a look at a couple of the other other gifts of the Holy Spirit. But before I do, I just want to recap, and I feel it's important. It's not, it's not, uh, I'm not afraid to use repetition because there are some things that are so important, and, and that is that the gifts are for service, not for status. The gifts are for service, and so they're not a status thing. They're not a sign of spiritual maturity. The gifts are to serve other people, to flow through you, to bring what we call this word edification, which means to build up and bring strength into somebody else's life. Uh, in the church and even out of the church, you can use the gift of a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for somebody who's not a Christian and bring edification and bring them closer to Jesus. The gifts are to glorify God. And the gifts of the Spirit operate best. And we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 that the love chapter is right in the middle because at the center of every gift being used should be a person who loves other people. They operate in love. The reason we want to see the gifts manifest is because we want to see other people impacted by Jesus because we love people. And God loves people. And also in an atmosphere of unity. And the key for unity in the church is, as I've said, uh, we here believe that in essentials, we should have unity as a church, that we are united around the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, we, we are united on that. We are united around, this is the Word of God, hey? Even the maps are anointed, amen? Come on, every word we believe, and we believe the Word of God is everything we need for instructions for life and living. It is the book of life. It is alive and active today. We're united around things. But the gifts of the Spirit are an area of diversity. And we celebrate that we don't all have to agree together 
to still be in union and fellowship together. That's a sign of maturity, by the way, when you can live with somebody and not agree with everything, but still live in love and unity is a sign that we're maturing. And so that's what we desire here at Kalamunda. Amen. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, let's read it, verse 7, I think. Yep. A spirit in the NLT, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the, same, well, the one and same Spirit gives the gifts or gift of healing. Other New King James or King James would say the gifts of healings. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles. I'm going to stop there. There is some more there. But that's what we're going to look at this morning is the gifts, the gift of faith. Did I even read the gift of faith? To the same, verse 9, the same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the spirit gives the gifts of healings. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. So these are known, as you go to the next slide, that the power gifts. We have the revelation gifts, which bring revelation, which we talked about last week, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, uh, distinguishing between spirits. We had the inspiration gifts, which is prophecy and their communication gifts, uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. I would encourage you to listen to the podcast if you haven't, just around that. Because I feel like we uh, talked about last week the culture where so many churches get divided over this speaking in tongues. We laid a foundation last week of what it looks like here at Kalamunda from a biblical perspective. At least in my opinion. No, not really. <laughs> a biblical perspective of how it, how it should operate in maturity. And I encourage you, if you're interested, to, to look at that. Um, so what, today, these are the power gifts. Faith. Healing miraculous powers these are these are these are crazy these are amazing um some people uh, when i before i get into faith um i i wrestle with this now these gifts are really just so we just want to say this up front that they're sort of hard to define uh but and they're sort of but you know them when you see them um so don't get caught up on definitions uh, get caught up on releasing and, and activating and that sort of thing. Um, but, and these gifts, do they come upon a person at a specific time for a spe- specific situation just for that? Or does somebody in the church have the gift and, can, and it comes upon them rather regularly? I'm asking because I don't really know. Because I, think it, I don't think it matters so much uh, to get that down pat, but, but I think there's sort of evidence, illustrations in the Bible for both. That some people have a focus, hone in with a word of wisdom. It's like that's something that's on their life and it's something that they bring uh, and they've got a sense of that. But I don't think they can necessarily turn it on and turn it off because the Bible says the Spirit distributes and the Spirit of God has a sovereignty over how, when them gifts come. But we should earnestly desire them and seek after them and to be hungry for them. Now, here's the thing. If you're hungry for a specific gift, it may be the sign that that's what God's got for you. It could be your eagerness that is part of your appetite for that and your hunger that that's what God's got for you. Um, but nevertheless, these gifts are real. They're in the life of the church and I'm excited to talk about, number one, the gift of faith. Um, 
the gift of faith, a def- definition that I- I'll bring, I'll submit to you, is a supernatural manifestation of unlimited faith in a specific situation to achieve supernatural results. It's a big mouthful. All the gifts are supernatural. They're not natural. They have God's power on them. Uh, when the gift of faith, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So when God gives you this gift, the gift of faith, you have an unshakable belief and you are emptied of every doubt. Um, the gift of faith manifests in a person when, he do, when it does, all doubt leaves, all unbelief leaves, but there is no human effort involved for it to leave. The gift of faith is given as God wills it and the person knows that they know that they know that they know the result is on the way. And that result is the positive outcome, the expectation of what God is wanting to do. There's a surety about them. The gift of faith, there's a total surety with no doubt that what they're trusting God for will come to pass. Um, They believe when you've got the gift of faith operating, believing is so easy for the person because it's God-given and it will edify other people. If these gifts are for others, that gift of faith that comes upon you is not just for you, it's for other people and faith rises in them. And in that atmosphere, God does amazing things. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the currency of heaven. Now, there are different types of of levels, you could say, of faith that can't be mistaken with the the gift of faith. And the first one is saving faith, um, is, is the measure of faith we are given. Romans says that God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. The King James says God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Every believer exercised their faith to become a Christian. It is by grace you have been saved. You didn't earn it. Through faith, through believing, through trusting in God, you became a Christian. Now that's not the gift of faith, but that is, that is faith. That's saving faith. And uh, it's the measure of faith that we all have. There's also the word of faith, which I would call strengthening faith. Romans 10 and verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And you go down to verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, This is our faith, but this is your faith being strengthened by the word of God. Uh, as you hear, faith comes by hearing, you know, you don't get more faith, but what you don't, it's not quantity, it's quality. So the faith that you have when you feed on the Word of God is like a muscle that gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And all of us are called to live by faith and walk by faith. That is not the gift of faith. But that is faith. We're all called to feed on God's Word in such a way and see that this type of faith The word of faith needs a scripture to stand on. Um, The word of faith needs something to believe on and that's what strengthens it. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See, as we speak the word of faith with authority, power is released. And every Christian can do that. 
The difference with the gift of faith is you don't need a scripture to stand on when God sovereignly gives the gift of faith on someone's life. That gift of faith is not standing on a scripture. It's supernatural. It, of course, it'll line up with scripture, scripture, but you're not waiting to believe for something. The gift of faith is there. And when you speak, it is as if God is speaking because it's the God kind of faith. It's the authority that comes with that. So Jesus talked about it in Mark 11. It's not on the screen. But he said when he cursed the fig tree and the fig tree died, the next day they saw that it withered from the root. And when he cursed that fig tree, he then explained to his disciples the best teaching on faith you'll ever hear. And he said, have faith in God. But the Greek is have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. Uh, and then he said, if you've got this kind of faith, when you speak and believe, things happen. Speak to the mountain and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass. That will be thrown into the sea and you will have what you say because you're speaking from a gift of faith. Gift of faith's upon you and the voice, faith is always voice activated. See, faith is the doorway to the other gifts of healing and miraculous works. Because you speak and suddenly other things start to happen. But when the gift of faith, see, I really believe that I often sense this gift in my own life. I often, because I'm a talker and I love to talk and I love to speak. And so I I talk to myself a lot. If no one's in the room, I don't care. I sometimes come in here and preach and you're not here. But I'm, I'm getting something out of it. And I'm speaking faith. And it's a powerful thing when I sense the gift of faith come on me that God, there is always results, supernatural results. Uh, let me go to uh, Acts 14, verse 8, the next slide. This is Paul and he's in Lystra. And, and there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth. This guy had never, ever walked. Verse 9, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Now, it's interesting. I love that. Is this the gift of faith? Did the gift of faith come upon Paul to see that he had faith? Or did the guy get the gift of faith come on him? Or did he Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God uh, because he's hearing the word and then faith rises up and then he believes on the scripture. Maybe Paul was preaching, hey, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. It's been done. It's a done deal. You can have healing. You've never walked before, but it's time. Maybe faith rose up on the word of God and he said, I'm standing up on that word. You know what the answer is? I don't know. And that's okay. Whether, Whether it was the gift of faith, whether it was operating in the word of faith, it's totally okay because the main thing is that he got up and walked and faith is in the room. But we should eagerly desire these gifts. I remember coming out of a meeting uh, when we we're going through our hospital journey with my mum and my Sky and my wife, and, and I, just, I just disagreed with what was said in that meeting by doctors. I love doctors. And we need them, and I'm so thankful for them. But I just disagree. I come out, people are crying, other people are almost on the floor, and I just sensed in me, I don't believe that. I I sensed this faith come upon me, and I spoke that, and it did something in my my family, and the people around me rose up, and it wasn't me. It was like I didn't have the ability to just go. it It was like the God kind of faith come upon me, and I spoke it out, and I knew that I knew that I knew this. We will get through this. And that's the kind of faith that God wants to give you, his kind of faith that comes upon people. Um, So when that guy got healed, is it the gift of faith? Is it the gift of healings? Is it the working of miracles? 
You see how that's often together and it's hard to know, but it's okay. We're not getting caught up on just the gifting. We're getting caught up on releasing it and activating what God wants to do. So here's the gift of faith. I've already sort of hit on these, but I was going into the gift of faith doesn't involve us. Now it does to that point of speaking and things like that, but the gift of faith is not human effort to function. There's no human effort to function it. God drops it in a person. Uh, The gift fills the person with unshakable belief. It'll edify others around them. Uh, It's almost like in the Old Testament, young David, it seems like he had this on his life when fighting Goliath. Because when you read that, I'm not going to, but when you read it in Samuel 17, I think, uh, it's like he never had a doubt. It was just emptied of all doubt. He's like, who, this uncircumcised Philistine? Like, what, are you worried about this guy? He just all the way through, and they're like, you should be back with the sheep. And his, bro- and his brothers are, you know, getting in, and he's like, he just never had a doubt. And then he said, oh, I'm going to cut off your head today, before he even got there. He just, it was just like no doubt. He was just filled with complete belief. Uh, in Acts chapter 3 in the New Testament, Peter and John are walking to the temple at the time of prayer. Who thinks that's probably not the first time they're going to the temple at the time of prayer? And every day, this lame man was put there, this guy that couldn't walk, and he was, lame, he was put there every day. So I'm not reading between the lines, but it is highly possible that Peter and John had seen this man before, walking along. Something different happened this day, and they said to this man, look at us. And he looked at them, expecting to get something from them. And could have been faith that rose in them that said to him, silver and gold have I none, but what I give you I give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he gets up and he walks. And it's like, why didn't it happen yesterday? Why not the day before? Maybe the gift of faith came upon them for that time. The gift of faith is the doorway to so many other things. And that's why it's so valuable. It's so precious. Now, we should all operate and live and speak by faith. my, My encouragement, just go at it. And praise God when it shows up, but just keep believing in faith for all the things God's calling you to believe. And then we move to the next one, which is the Spirit gives the gift of healing, or another translation, to another gifts of healings. Notice it's in the plural form, the gifts of healings. Maybe that's because there's as many diseases there are, there's as many ways that God can heal them gifts that come out, and someone's got a gift for this and gift for that. I don't know. What I know is I want to see them released and activated. Um, when gifts of healings are in operation, there are always supernatural results. So a good definition, I think, would be this. Supernatural, the gifts of healing are supernatural healing of sickness and disease without any human or natural aid. Um, and that's a, an interesting one I looked into this week in researching a little bit of that. where where you land on that. It's very interesting, but I won't go there now. But does this gift come upon someone for a specific time and situation? Does someone have this gift and becomes more aware of it as they continually pray for people? It seems to be they they manifest this gift more often. I remember when Sky and I uh, got married and we couldn't, it seems having children was very difficult and couldn't have them. And one of my, my friends who was a pastor, he said, oh, you've got to get my dad to pray for you. I said, why is that? He goes, he's got a great strike rate with this stuff. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yeah, no, like he, is really, he lives in Kalgoorlie. He's the pastor there. So we did. We went, when we were there, guest speaking one time, uh, his son said, oh, dad, you've got to pray for Brad and Sky to be able to have kids. 
So he did. He grabbed us and prayed for us. No, it was at our house. It was when he came and saw us. And he prayed for us. And who knows, if you've been around church, you've seen three little children running around. Well, I had to go back to him to turn it off. I said, mate, mate, you've got to stop this. <laughs> but maybe some certain gifts come upon people in a way that they've got a focus, a honing, and that they've got a gifting for that. Again, if we're going to stick, I think, biblically to the Corinthian verse in chapter 12, we're going to be biblically correct. I don't think you can turn it on and turn it off. But... but Outside of that and in other places, I think maybe some people just have that, that sense of that gift that, that, that comes up a lot. And other times, don't, don't say, oh, it's not my gift. Maybe God wants to bring it upon you for a specific time, for a specific reason. At that moment, there's nobody else there. God wants to use you, so he puts the gift on you. Let's, let's not box him in, amen? Desire earnestly the gifts. Remember, the emphasis is not on clear definitions. The emphasis is on functions and seeing God work. The gifts of healing, healings may not be the same as someone receiving healing through trusting God's word over a period of time. We should all be doing that. But rather the gifts of healing seem to be in the supernatural nature, uh, instantaneous, and you know that God has healed this person. When Sky was uh, diagnosed with a degenerative bone disease in her back, in her coccyx right down there and said it was disintegrating and said it's about the, the age of a 70 plus woman. That's how much the back had gone. And when, when I got a scripture in Proverbs chapter 3, 7 to 9, which says, fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I got that word from God and I held on to that, believing God had spoken to our situation, and there was no instant healing. I prayed, and we prayed. We put the, put the verse on the fridge. We put it everywhere we went. There was nothing instantly happening. But over the course of three months, uh, she was wearing this big back brace. If you've heard my story on this, took it off, and never worn it since 2010. And it was trusting, <laughs> praise Jesus, it was trusting God's Word. And, and a faith for healing, I believe in that. But it wasn't an instantaneous gifts of healing. But we should all be believing and trusting God to, to, to um, be true to his word. You know, God doesn't move in mysterious ways. He moves according to his word. Yeah. And if you know his word, you can trust how he wants to move. Where am I up to? That's right. Kinds of healings. Let's look at a couple of kinds of healings. And again, these may not all be the gift of healings, but these are some things that I would like to edify us with this morning because this will be my last point. Not this one, but the actual gifts of healings. I won't go into miracles. If I do, it'll be a miracle. We'll see how we go. Uh, the, the one kind of healing is casting out evil spirits. So it says, When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That's amazing. Uh, Matthew 12, 22, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. That's really sick. That's really, you know, this guy is so oppressed. Um, so that the blind, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. You know, the devil wants to hold us down, wants to hold you down in mental oppression, wants to hold you down in spiritual bondage. And it may not look like a demon possession, but the church, I believe we're called into this area to be the hospital, to be the place where people are delivered and released and set free from the invisible bars that you're behind every day. And that God, God's heart breaks to bring freedom to your life. 
And that's a kind of healing. Uh, we see their instantaneous results. Another kind is healings of restoration. Restoration. Matthew 12, 13, then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. This man had a withered hand. Stretch it out and he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as the other. Isn't that cool? Uh, his, he brought wholeness and restoration like the 10 lepers that went away and uh, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, the, the one that come back to say thank you. They were made whole. It wasn't just their physical wholeness. They were now in a community that was rejecting them. They were now accepted. They were ostr once were ostracized, now they could join in. Jesus wants to bring wholeness to your life. It's a great word and that is the will of God all the time to bring wholeness. Jesus, all through the Gospels, no one ever, he never went up to one and said, nah, not you. You know, he, he, was not, he, he, he wants to bring healing. Were there people that didn't get healed? Probably. Jesus didn't respond to needs. He responds to faith. And when people come to him, he does not reject them. You come to him to, in faith, you can trust that he will do what he's promised to do. And obviously when it gets to healings, it can be, again, divisive in the church because so often we let experience dictate our theology and because we don't see something according to the Word of God, we try and make it fit our experience. When God's calling us, not condemning us, just to, to trust Him at His Word, to be like a child and to have that childlike faith. We shouldn't get divided over on things, whether we did see this happen or didn't see that happen. We should just get into the Word of God and trust Him and do it in love and do it in unity. I never oppose my views on people that are asking for prayer especially in the realm of healing, I will ask, how do you want me to pray for you? How would you like me to pray for you? Because I want, to pray, I want, to, I want, to, I want you, the most powerful way to get healed, by the way, I think is to pray for yourself and trust God for yourself. Um, I'm digressing a little bit there, but I just felt to say a couple of those things. Restoration. Um, Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to know the theology of healing, read the Gospels. That's perfect theology watching Jesus. Uh, ways the healings occur. Uh, next slide. The ways that they can occur is um, through God's tangible presence. Remember when they brought the guy on the mat, the paralytic, to Jesus, and the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal. And Jesus was there and there was something about his presence in the room that was tangible for healing at that time. And who knows that his presence is not just in this room, it's in you and me. And the power of the Lord is present to heal. But I think there is something special when we come together in God's house. There's something special. That's why when we come here and, and, and we seek God and we worship him and he inhabits the praises of his people, he, he's looking for a people that he can be himself around. He's looking for people, a, a church that he can just walk in and be, hey, this is who I am. And one of his names is Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. I want to be a healer. So I'm looking for an atmosphere of faith and trust and hunger. And God moves in our tangible, tangible ways in, in the presence. And that's why I'm never worried about what we do see or don't see here at church because I know God is moving. But hey, let's, let's believe for, for both the unseen and the seen. As Jenny said, to see God move in people's lives, to see first. is through the laying on of hands. Again, not laying on of hands, but it is a vehicle that we see. Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting and those who, who had, and all those who had any, sorry, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. 
It's interesting how that's how Jesus did it. Something powerful about the laying on of hands. In Hebrews, it's uh, part of the, the fundamental doctrines, the doctrine of laying on of hands. Again, you don't always have to lay on hands, but it is a, it's, a, it's an impartation. It's the vehicle. It's the, it's the touch and agree point. It's the, the, the faith point. It's not magic in the hands. It's, it's um, the vehicle for God's spirit to move through. Acts 28 verse 8 says this, his father was sick in bed, suffering from a fever and a, and say that word. Thank you. Uh, Paul went in to see him and after pray, prayer, so prayer first, he said he prayed, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island, catch this, came and were cured. Laying on of hands, if I could just say, if we at our church here, when we come and pray for people and we have a designated prayer team, and, um, and if you're here today on the prayer team, I invite you to be available after to pray for people that may be in this area or want to uh, laying on of hands for sickness. But there's an etiquette and appropriate way to do it, and that is to ask people first, can I, can I lay my hand on your shoulder and, and, and make sure it is on the shoulder in appropriate places? That's always a good thing, isn't it? Um, just thought I'd throw that in there. In Mark 16, uh, it's not just um, people with the gifts of healing, but the Bible talks about the commission that we shall all, believers, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Another way is the anointing with oil. And we actually have some. We have a couple of little anointing oil bottles on each side here. And again, oil isn't magic. Um, it is, again, in the Bible, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. But it is a vehicle especially when it comes to healing. Mark uh, 6, verse 12. I never really saw this before. They went out and preached. Jesus sent them out, sent his disciples out, and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick with oil and healed them. In James chapter 5, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders. The elders will pray and anoint with oil. Notice that there is first an appetite for it, an ask a hunger for it. It's not just anointing people here. If you, you are desiring it and you ask for it and be anointed with oil, and we can do that, um, just anoint on the forehead or something like that appropriately and pray over you for healing as the Bible says to do. Again, not magic, but taking God at his word. I love this one, by the way, this next one, uh, ways that healings occur, is through the word of God. He sent his word, Psalm 107, 20 says, and healed them. There is so much power in God's word, yeah? I mean, there are so many sick people from the words of the world. Believing lies makes people sick. Knowing the truth sets people free. You know, there was a centurion and he had that servant at home sick in Matthew chapter 8. And he went to Jesus and he said, I need you to... I need you to come and heal my servant. And Jesus said, I'll come. No, how did it go? He said he didn't even need him to come. The centurion said, no, no, don't come to my house. Not worthy. He said, just say the word. And just say the word. And the Bible says that when Jesus spoke that word, uh, the servant was healed at that very moment. At that moment, atonement, there is healing in the moment that Jesus went to the cross and died for you and me. At that moment, every sin and every sickness and every stripe that he had for our healing, for our wholeness came. And I'm going to tell you, I'm believing for all of it. I'm trusting God that I believe what happened at the atonement at one moment. 
not just for my sin, but for my mental health, for my physical body, for my emotional health. And I've got to look after this temple, I tell you, I do, especially when you hit over 40, amen? Amen. (sighs) But I'm not here forever, and that's okay. One day I will die, and I'm okay with that because I know where I'm going, but I want to have a great time while I'm here for the glory of God, amen? And God wants to keep me whole and well. So we anoint with oil, the Word of God. And I'm finishing on this. Oh, what's the time? All right, we're closing in. Are you with me still? Then we're going to pray. But the last point is the purpose of the gifts of healing. This is really important. The purpose, number one, is to deliver people from the oppression of sickness. It says in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about, now you've got to catch this line, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Healing, doing good. You know, healing all is a good thing. Healing is good. It's from God and it's his name. It's his nature. It's a, a quarter of the, the, new, the Gospels is Jesus' healing ministries at least. It's an important thing to him. And, and um, one of the reasons is because he loves to set people free. Number two, what is the purpose of healing? To confirm the Gospel. Mark 16, 18, it says that we will take up serpents Um, They'll drink deadly poison. It won't harm them. They will lay hands on sick people. They will recover. Who knows? That is the commissioning. When we're commissioned to go out, that's what he's saying. Verse 20, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. That's why when the word is preached, my heart and my passion, again, is not just for physical manifestations to go, woohoo, bells and whistles. No, but when the word is preached, God wants to accompany it with signs and wonders. He's looking for people that will step into that and have that faith to trust him and take him at his word and pray for people and believe. And the Lord wants to confirm that the gospel is a gospel of transformation, not information. Um, Also, what, what, what is the purpose? Is to attract people to the gospel and the team can come back up now if you like Uh, john 6 verse 2 says then a great multitude followed him jesus why because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased the gift of gifts of healings um, attracts people to the gospel now it doesn't mean that that's the whole reason doesn't mean that people get saved because they want to see a healing. I know people that I've prayed for who have been desperate, who have been so desperate that they would want me to pray for healing for them. They don't want Jesus. They just want healing. What do I do? I still pray for them because God loves them. And I'm hoping that he'll still meet them in that way. I've even seen sometimes where things happen and they don't even come and follow Jesus. But I'd rather them experience the taste of the kingdom and maybe it's not their time yet, but that they would come into the kingdom. Hey? It attracts people. Acts 8 verse 6, And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And lastly, what is one of the reasons? Uh, the purpose is to glorify God. Not a man. They used to say that, didn't they, in the old, oh, that that preacher, he's the man of the hour. God's moving through that man. And I'm all for, uh, I think, you know, we should chase after revivals until they start chasing after us. We should go and check things out and see what God is doing in other places. Man, why not? Why not? But it is God who heals. No person. 
It is God who has the power and it's to Him who gets all the glory. Immediately He arose. This is the paralytic. He took up the bed and went out in the presence of them so that they were all amazed. And what do they do? They glorified God. They glorified God. Glory to Jesus. We can need to walk by faith. We need to walk in healing, believing and trusting. And we need to know that there are gifts of healings. There are, is the gift of faith. And we don't have to get caught up on always knowing when it's operating and is it or isn't. Oh yeah, I saw it there, but rather letting it flow. And maybe you've got a situation going on this morning and something God wants to, you know, wants to just sovereignly put that gift of faith on you. Maybe He's doing that. I can't give it to you. The Holy Spirit distributes it. But you're in the great place this morning where maybe He is. Maybe you need to speak it out. You need to just embrace it. Thank you, God. uh, Someone once said to me, he says, Brad, do you have faith for that? I never really understood what he meant. I said, what do you mean? He's like, do you have faith for that, for that thing you're talking about doing? Is that something you feel like God's given you the faith for? And now I sort of know what he means. Like it's it's, it's this supernatural sensing of of belief and, and no doubt at all about it. So as we close this morning, I'm going to, as I said, open up as we always do for prayer because Jesus said my house will be called a house of prayer and um, the worship team's going to continue to play. I'm going to close off in a moment, but before I do, let's just, just let me encourage you to, if there's an area of your life, physical healing, emotional healing, as our team comes down on the sides, each side, come and, come and receive prayer. And uh, let us pray with you. If you may, may say, hey, would you anoint me with oil for healing in this area? And I encourage yourself to look into these things. Get into the Word of God. These aren't just exciting things because they're physical manifestations. They're exciting things because they have the power to confirm the gospel, set people free, bring glory to God and transform your life and my life. And that's awesome. So would you bow with me? Father, I just thank you this morning for your Word. I thank you that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. I thank you, Father, that your word is powerful and alive. And I thank you, Father, for the gifts that you just, you just bestow on us, the gifts of your Holy Spirit. And, Father, what we want to say to you this morning is thank you. Like when someone gives you a gift, you don't just go, I don't want that. You go, thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the gift of faith. Thank you for the gifts of healing. And I thank you, Father, that this is a church and will will be continually be a church where it's not Brad's ministry or a pastor's ministry. It's all of our ministry. That the gifts in this room is a goldmine for transformation. Thank you for every person and how you've gifted them, Father. Thank you that they are real. I just pray there would be an identification, a release, a Holy Spirit illumination upon your life for the gifts of the Spirit. 